I had always been into books. I'd always been into reading. And I remember going to the library and I was in after school programs. I was in chess club, stuff like that. And then I remember going to the library and getting this poetry. At the time, all of the writing that I had read about from Black writers was all this like struggle writing. It was all written about overcoming slavery, overcoming racism and, and defeat. It was all of this heaviness in writing. And then I stumbled across this poem called Ego Trippin' by Nikki Giovanni. And it was probably one of the first times that I felt powerful in a poem. And as a Black woman, I was like, oh, she is. I want to be like that. I want to write like that. And I remember reading this poem so many. I read it over and over and over again. I missed my stop on the train going home because I was like just emerged in this poem. And then after that, that was it. I knew at that moment in time that I wanted to be that powerful. I didn't want to be that. I didn't want people to look at me and see like this weak Black girl. I wanted to be as strong as this writer was. Welcome to the Juicy CEO Podcast. Listen, it's time to give you some hard truths, so sit up and pay attention. If you don't know how to stand out online today, you have already lost. In order to create credibility, influence, and real staying power, you have to build a personal brand with some juice. So join me, personal brand strategist, coach, and breast cancer survivor, Monique Bryan, each Wednesday morning as I teach you all the tips and tricks I use to build my six-figure brand while in remission. It's time for you to get to that juicy CEO status by learning from some badass women in business who've been where you are, showing you that juicy CEOs are made, not born. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to get into the juice. I am super excited to have this conversation today because I get to talk to an expert and a friend and I want to welcome Sheree Robin to the Juicy CEO stage. Let me tell you a little bit about this queen. She is a master editor, Simon & Schuster's best-selling author, speaker, and celebrity ghostwriter. She is also the CEO of Good Ground Literary Services and Boss Bay a dedicated team of literary bays. Okay, these are your badass editors, people. You won't be looking them up. Sheree turned her love for language into a multiple six-figure business and travels across the country speaking and teaching others how to jump into their story and fuel their dreams. Her clients have achieved multiple things, people. So you go and sit up and pay attention, okay? They are best-selling authors, They've won international book awards. They've launched successful speaking careers and they've started their own six figure businesses. So if you want to learn how to discover that greatness in your story so you can publish your book and grow your influence, impact and their income, then you want to pay attention. And I love this because I like to ask every person who comes on what their quote is. And her quote is our stumbling blocks are someone else's stepping stones. And I just love that. But this is the one that I've given to her from what I know about her. She's like, don't come to play with me. That's the quote I'm giving her today because that's what I think about when I think of Sheree. She's like, I didn't come to play. Okay. I came to make you successful. That's the quote I'm coining for you. So welcome, Sheree. (laughs) I'm so excited. This is awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is an absolute pleasure because you and I have so many juicy conversations offline that nobody gets to be privy to. And I was like, man, they're so good. I was like, why haven't I had Sheree on here yet? Especially when Monique needs to be writing her book slash is writing it in the background. (laughs) And this is what Sheree does every single day. 
So first, let everybody know where you reside, because I like to let people to visualize where you're from, or they're like, she's in my city! Yeah, so sure. Um, I am, first and foremost, I'm a Philly John. So I have to that that's Philly, that's right, Philly all day, J-A-W-N, Philly John all day. But my crazy butt moved to, to Georgia a few years ago, almost three years ago at this point. So I'm about north of Atlanta, but I am originally and will always be a Philadelphia girl, but I'm down, I'm down in the South at this point in time. I love that. And we, in my house, we are big Philadelphia Eagles fam jam. I did not do that by choice. My husband's like, this is who we are now. So anytime I say I met anyone from Philly, he's like, he's like, you're co-signed already. Like, it's just like that. <laughs> say nothing. It's official. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And Sheree and I met at, we met at a mastermind retreat hosted by Danielle Leslie, probably like a couple of years ago now. And it was just, I don't know. I just really gravitated towards your attitude. I don't know what it is. There's just like a vibe about you that I was just very much like, she's like no nonsense about her business. She's come to work and she ain't come to play. And I just gravitate so like, like I'm like one of those people who are just like magnetic to people like that because I find that that you don't find a lot of people like that. So I would love to know like, where does that like drive and passion and like, I'm about my business and my queen come from? Okay. So first of all, I love you too. I love the fact that there was an immediate connection. So I appreciate that compliment because you're about your business and getting things done just like me. And and I just love seeing you do what you do all the time. So I just want to say that to you. But for me personally, I think that my push, like what kind of motivates me has to really come from my children. I have two daughters, 16 and 10. I sometimes I feel like if I could be half of the person that they expect me to be or that they think that I am, then I, I'm doing pretty damn good. So it's always the the reality. Also, as a single mother, it's also the reality of the fact that that I am playing A, B and C. Right. That's it. Mom's got to have it covered. They not really trying to hear no excuses. There's not like we need food plus we need clothes. And I realized pretty early on that it was all on me. Right, that it was all on me to get it done. And I couldn't really sit around and wait for somebody to hold my hand or give me a plan or do the work for me. I had to get up and get it done. And that's just been the way that I am. My mother is kind of similar. It's like, oh, you fell down. Get up. Let's go. Oh, yeah. You need to wash it off. Let's go. Come on. Keep moving. And so I've just taken that into adulthood, being a mom and then being a business. And that's where that comes from. Like, oh, OK, I know that broke your heart. Even with my writers, I'm like, mm hmm. That tore you apart. I know it did. Let's cry. No, let's write. Then let's write. Then let's write. Like, okay, we're not going to go lock ourselves into a closet for a month and a half. Let's scream it out and then put it on the paper. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of where I get it from. I love that. And I think like any of the people I meet who are like that, they usually, it comes from childhood. There is the mm-hmm. like, okay, or how long are we going to sit around and cry about this thing? Because that's not actually going to accomplish what we need. No. And I think that's that we... We grab like clients who need that push are the ones who come toward yeah. us. They're like, please be that for me. Yep. So I get out of my own freaking way. And writing is super like writing is one of those things I find like it's super confronting. You're putting yourself, you know, you're, you're going into a real vulnerable place. You're about to put things on paper. And this is like maybe this is me speaking like I'm about to put things on paper that may sit out in the world that are may that will sit out in the world forever. And it makes it scary and it makes it so I want it to be perfect. So therefore it's not finished. So like, what, what do you tell your clients that come to you who want to write, who want to write a book? Like, 
they're in there. They clearly know they want to get it done. They know they need help and they are going to get in their own way. So what are some of the tips like you give them maybe to like kick their ass? So one big part is like is is having the accountability. Right. So that's a big part of why I do what I do, because I know that writing a book is the number two New Year's resolution every year. Like 83 percent of Americans want to write a book every single year and then less than two percent actually accomplish it. Mm -hmm. And that's because of fear. That's because of self-doubt. That's just because of going into it the wrong way. So a huge part of what I do has a lot to do with the accountability and kind of mandating you, forcing you. Once we're in a relationship together, it's like, you belong to me, right? Yeah. He, this is what this, this is what has to happen in order for you to get it done. Because I know as a writer, every writing is, I can say writing is challenging and it makes you think things through. It forces you to confront some things that we've hidden and it will also make you run, right? It will make mm -hmm. you run and everything in the world will become a whole lot more interesting or fun than actually writing. Like I've procrastinated and rearranged my entire bathroom. I have clients who've been had kids, got married, bought a house. And you're like, but you didn't write. Oh, yeah, I wasn't, you know, oh, my bad. So a huge part is like, one, making sure that they are in a space where there's checks and balances, right? Where somebody is checking on them and and somebody else is is aware of the project. Uh, oftentimes, it's like, oh, I'm going to write a book, but you haven't committed to it. It's only in your head. But if I'm like, oh, no, let's get this done. You're like, oh, shoot, she really going to be on my tail about this. So that's a huge part. And then also allowing people to understand like that there is some grace you have to give yourself because writing is going to make you uncover some truths. So you do have to give yourself a minute to walk away when it gets tough, especially when we have a lot of writers who deal with a lot of trauma, you know, a lot of things that we kind of bury deep down. So as in your face as I am, I'm also a writer, right? As in your face as I am as a coach, I'm also a writer. So I know that there's a part of you that needs that minute, you know, that needs a second to to, to deal with those emotions. That's why I'm like, okay, deal with them, process them. Let's go. Uh, you know, take a minute. Let me give you some tissue. And 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 to, and it's so funny, Monique. I promise you, the first time I realized that that I I used to make all my clients cry, I started to just walk around with tissue. When I had my one on one sessions, I was like, from here on out, I'm just bringing tissue, and I would allocate that time. Like when we hit this chapter, sis is gonna lose it. She gonna lose it. And so I have to be prepared for that. And then sometimes that will be the end of the session. Like we can't go past here today until you work through that. But we'll be back tomorrow. You know what I mean? And that kind of makes them like, all right, I better I better get through this because we got to get back to work, work to do. Yep, yep, mm -hmm. got work to do. Two things. One, you need to get your own branded tissue, <laughs> literary made tissue box. <laughs> it's like you need to get this first and foremost and make it just make sure there's some aloe in there, you know, because you don't want to get stuck all up to your face and stuff like this going to be the real tissue. And second of all, I love how you were saying, like, you are also a writer. So this isn't like you telling people what to do, not having been there yourself. So I would love it if you shared a little bit about like, Tell us about your writing journey, like your process and not even like, like, take me back to like, where did you begin? Where did Sheree begin? Because Sheree's a writer before she's like an editor and a ghostwriter and all of these things for everybody else and helping us get our shit out into the world. She's a writer. She's she's been through it. Yeah. So that's so funny. Um. So if you want to go, let's go back, back in time. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically, we're going to go all the way back to when I was eight years old. I was eight years old and I was a latchkey. My parents, we lived in one part of Philadelphia. We, we lived in West Philly and then we moved to the entirely separate section of the city in Logan. So it was a heck of a distance. But my mom didn't want to pull me out of Catholic school 
at that moment, right? It was like, well, let's finish your year there. I was in the, I was eight years old. I was in the third grade. And so she taught me how to catch the bus home halfway across the city of Philadelphia. And I had always been into books. I'd always been into reading. And I remember going to the library and I was in after school programs. I was in chess club, stuff like that. And then I remember going to the library and getting this poetry. At the time, all of the writing that I had read about from Black writers was all this like struggle writing, right? Like it was all like written about just overcoming slavery or overcoming racism and, and defeat. It was all of this heaviness in writing. And then I stumbled across this poem called Ego Trippin' by Nikki Giovanni. And it was probably one of the first times that I felt powerful in a poem. And, and as a Black woman, I was like, oh, she is. I want to be like that. I want to write like that. And I remember reading this poem so many, I read it over and over and over again. I missed my stop on the train going home because I was like just emerged in this poem. And then after that, that was it. I knew at that moment in time that I wanted to be that powerful. I didn't want to be that. I didn't want people to look at me and see like this weak black girl. I wanted to be as strong as this writer was. And so that kind of set me on the course for really just playing with words, getting into words, studying English and, you know, everything after that. I remember meeting Nikki Giovanni. I was shaking. I was scared to death. Oh um, my God. I laid out on the floor. I was, it was, I, I was shaking, like legit shaking. I bought her a card and a gift and, and got engraved for her when she came to Philly for something. And I was so nervous, but because the reality of it is, is that poem found me at a, at a moment in my life where I was just trying to figure things out. I was just, you know, whatever I'm supposed to do, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And it was like, this is it. This is the course. This is where you're going, sis. And writing has been it ever since. So that's where it started for me. And I wrote all through high school, through graduate school, I mean, through undergrad, graduate school on every magazine, every newspaper I could touch. And at this point, I'm celebrating 20 years as an editor. Yes, everybody, you guys could do like a clap, clap wherever you're listening to for this, because that is huge. That's huge. Congratulations. Oh, my God. I just love that because it's so funny how all it takes is one one thing, person to find us in our life at a time to change the trajectory of our life forever. Yes. Right. And the fact that you got to meet this person down the line, like that's that's like goosebumps over here because that how often does that happen? Right. Like never. So I love that. And just also how you took what you saw that people were writing about and then you you resonated with the thing that was going to make you feel your most powerful, even at eight years old. Right. Like, come on. We all have our thing where it showed up for me. It was like fashion television where it was just like I just became obsessed with you know, the travel element of fashion and the the designer coming out on the runway and doing their bow and everyone like cheering and like, and the just like everyone was in love with the designer and they were just like so humble and like, I just do what I do as my art, right? It was just like, it was so glamorous. I was mesmerized and I never, that never left me. So it's so funny that all of these things that happened to us as child, they're like, I just feel like they're breadcrumbs on the way to our mm-hmm. destiny. Oh, so, for sure. For sure. I absolutely believe that. I believe that. I believe that everything. And and like you said, it's amazing how it just takes one. Right. So I believe that everything that I've done and experienced in my life from being in an abusive relationship, from being on welfare, like everything to be able to be where I am and coach people. It's it's me saying, like, if this could happen for me, 
and that one person, that one poem can change my entire life, then who are we not to be that light for somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. Who are you to, I know that what I've been through has positioned me to help hundreds of writers at this point in time. And so when I'm working with my authors and they're like, I don't know if I should, is my story good enough? Is what I've been through enough? I'm like, it's more than enough. You all can't see what you're shaking that Zoom computer. (laughs) Because that's how I have to be. I'm like, I literally, like, because I wish I could just like, and that's why I'm, I think I pour so much because I'm like, I wish that you could just know, just know and know that somebody somewhere, some little girl, some little boy is waiting. They are in need of your story. They are in need of your words. They got to have them and it's going to change their life. And people are like, you know what? You believe that? I'm like, I absolutely believe that I'm living through. It happens. It happens. And then, and then they start to believe it, right? Then the writers start to believe it. They get a little confident. They get a little cocky. I'm like, oh, it's a bad self. Then I look up and they speaking and teaching all over the place. And I just feel like, look at my bae. Oh my gosh. I feel the same way. And you bring up a really interesting point because when people don't have what, whether it's the confidence or the belief or the energy behind what they're doing, they can borrow it from someone else. Right. And we forget that that's the importance of having someone like you as a coach to help them through that process, because when it gets hard, you go need to borrow some energy, some confidence, some belief to remind you of why you're doing this in the first place, because sometimes a lot of the times we can't always see it. Right. So I love that you said that. So for anyone and we're going to talk a little bit about I'd love to talk about like your process a little bit. Who comes to you? Who comes and seeks you out? Because everybody wants to write a book. The book is a new calling card. The new It's a new business card. But like you said, only 2% of people actually damn write the damn book, right? So who comes and seeks out Sheree and the literary base? Okay. So honestly, the reality of it is when I look back and I think about the kind of people who are in the program that I teach right now, the community, there's two types of people. And they're the ones are, there's one, and that is the business person. That is the person who has been successful in their specific field in their industry. They are extremely knowledgeable about something and then they want to present that information in a book form. Then there's also those people who are who have had life experiences. The sucky part, unfortunately, is that so many women that work that I work with have had similar stories of of sexual trauma, of abuse, of being hurt, of being let down, and their hearts are in such genuine places that they want to help other people. So there's two types of people, right? There's the business person, and then there's this person with this personal story, this painful story that they want to pull and extract lessons from to help somebody else not make those same mistakes, right? But the interesting thing is that both of those people, even the business minded person who's been kicking butt as as a real estate agent or as a hair care professional for the last 10, 20 years, they still lack the confidence. Right. They still need that same confidence booster, even though they're they're way beyond knowledge in their specific field. They are just the same kind of new novice writer that the personal story person is as well. So I find myself often being just like you said pouring into them or them borrowing my confidence in them because I I thank God that for whatever reason, and I think it's because of my history and my experience, that I get to see something in them that they don't see. Two of my my clients recently have been doing so well. Um, One of them just got her first six-figure coaching opportunity, so she was excited. (laughs) And and yes, right? And they they hired her because they said, oh, she got a real book, like not a fake book. She got a a real book, right? Um, another one just did a whole speaking engagement out in Dallas and they t- took me out to brunch the other day. And one of the things that they were both sharing with me was that I gave them confidence when they didn't have it. And mm-hmm. D, her name is Deepold. And then she said that to me, she was like, Sheree, you saved the space for me. You know, you just kept saying to me, 
Give us the secrets. Tell us, help us, D. Help us as business owners. Help us because you know the secrets. You know, you, you are the expert in this. And uh, both of them needed to know that they were enough, that they were experts. And if, and if they didn't have me, and I don't want to sound cocky about it, but I'm thankful, you know, like if they didn't have me in their corner, then I don't think that they, no, I don't think I know, you know, from their own mouths that they wouldn't have had the confidence to write these books and they wouldn't be in the positions that they're in now, changing lives and speaking and teaching and coaching and doing all the amazing, uh, Kira's great, have a whole conference, you know? So now it's like, I know I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with what you said. And I love that about being a coach is that I get to look at these like blank slates almost or not even blank but it's like stuff that's hidden and I get to yes. pull it out you know and I'm like this is so good this is so valuable people need to hear this and they're like are you sure I'm like and they just jump like okay Sheree said it was okay and then when it's more than okay they're like Sheree I love you and I'm like yes. <laughs> this is why we love to coach people this is why we love to coach that that yep. li- and that is why I always say like Yes, anyone can go and get certified as a coach and be coach. But when you be, like when you are like coach, like it's part of you, there's no other way to show up for your clients. There's a very specific way you show up. And that is the pouring into. And I love that. I love that. But let, let, well, we, gotta, we can't skip over this real book versus fake, fake book business. When people were saying when they were like, you got a real book. Talk to me about that versus the fake book, like different ways to get your book out here in the world. I needed you to tell people the proper way. Okay. Break it down. Break it down now. Okay. So the the bad part, let's start with the negative thing, is that self-publishing is huge, right? So there's good, there's pros and cons to that. But the con to that is that anyone can self-publish, which means literally that anybody can take any PDF version of a document, get a cover designed for it, or put cover together themselves, put that thing together on Kindle Direct Publishing. And voila, you have a book. You don't have to have it edited. You don't have to have it typeset properly. Your cover could look like a two-year-old scratched it together. Like it, it's because anyone can do this at this point in time. And the reality of it is that anyone, I mean, lots of people are just doing it this way without putting any real effort into actually producing a quality book. But being in the, in the industry for such a long period of time, there are industry standards. Right. If you want your book to look the part, if you want your book to be comparable to other books that are in Barnes and Noble, if you want it to be picked up by Barnes and Noble, right, then you have to have your book. There are certain features. There are certain typesetting requirements. There's a certain page not number requirement. There's a way all your chapter headings should start on an odd page number, right? That you should have your page numbers either at the very bottom or in the top right corner. You have to have your name on every other page, like in the, the title of your book. There are specific industry standards that most people don't know because they just go right into, well, I can publish my book tomorrow. All I got to do is put it up on Amazon. And they're right. Their book is published and it's out there. But then you have people like this company who picked up this writer who was like, no, we don't want just this scratch job of throwing a book together. It was between her and two other writers and uh, two other speakers. And they both had a book and they selected Kiera because she had a real book that was put together well because because her layout was done right. Her formatting was done right because it wasn't, you know, half the page pushed to one side or it, it, it looked the part and it stood up to all other books in the, in the major market, traditionally published books. So when people are like, oh, I can just publish my book. I'm like, you sure can. And when somebody is at a conference and they pick up this book, right? Or a quote, book, the quote unquote book, 
they're going to know the difference. And people are not new to this at this point, right? People who are who are avid readers and they're at events, I've seen that people, they're picking them up and leafing through the book to find, make sure that they're purchasing something of quality. So you can't just like skip that part or or not really invest in having your book done the right way because it represents you. So if you go, I'd say all the time, if, if you are out here rushing and half-assing the publishing process, it's going to look like you rushed and half-assed the publishing the process. <laughs> that is the result of that. This episode is brought to you by the Juicy Brand On Demand Accelerator. This is the program where I train coaches, consultants, and service-based business owners how to align their brand with their pricing using my proven formula for building a juicy personal brand. Listen, this is the program that I needed years ago when I was trying to get my name out there, when I had no audience, no network, and no clue how to brand myself online. Inside the JBOD Accelerator, you're going to learn all about how to build that juicy brand, but so much more. You're going to be getting a business coach, same moi. You're going to get content marketing strategies that really move the needle. And you're going to get epic sales training so you can finally convert those dreaded discovery calls. Plus, you're going to have access to a high vibe community who has your back and over 50 hours of online training that you can visit again and again. Just go to www.juicybrandondemand.com to secure your spot today. But here's the thing. We've got limited spots because we want to make sure that we can serve everybody. So don't sleep on this. If you're ready to build that standout brand online and start really attracting those customers that you deserve, go to www.juicybrandondemand.com to secure your spot. Now let's get back to the episode. So this is perfect. People stop half-assing and we talk about that a lot here. It's like, don't, you can't impress looking a hot mess. So cut it out. But talk to me then about who they need. Who do we need? We know we need you. But like in terms of titles, like in terms of titles of people, like what team members then do we need to seek out in yeah. order to make your book a real, like legit, didn't look like you slap it together in your backyard with your own printer business? Yeah. The first thing that you're going to need is an editor. And there are different types of editors, which people should understand. So first and foremost, there are development editors, which is like myself, my team, which means that we are in your manuscript looking to make sure it makes sense. You might not be surprised. Easy would be surprised at how many writers write their book with no support and no help. And then they think that they're ready and they turn it into an editor and it just doesn't make sense, right? Things in the chapter don't end well if there's no takeaways. And so you need a developmental editor. I also want to let people know that you do not have to wait until your book is finished to get editing support. We help our writers very, right from the beginning, help you map out your story, help, help you outline it, and actually help you execute and write it. So a developmental editor is super, super important. Once you are finished with the actual writing and the developmental editing part, the next editor that you need is a line editor. Now that's now we're looking for grammar, spelling, punctuation, syntax. This is the final eyes right on the project. So you need you need a grammar editor for the final one through. Next, you're going to need a layout person. So someone that's going to actually take this Word or Google Doc that you have and turn it into a six by nine or eight and a half by five and a half. They're going to format it the right way. 
So you need a person. And and this, I never suggest doing on your own. There's tutorials that teach you how to do it. YouTube University. It's tasking. It is it is a lot to make sure that it's laid out right. Pay a professional. Pay a professional to just make sure to just do that because typesetting is a lot. So then you need someone else to also convert it into an ebook. There's a specific format. And yeah, there's a format for ebooks so that it can have the right reflowability on Kindle dot, on Kindles or iPads or whatever. So you need that type of work out. Also, you need a graphic designer to do your cover. What else? You need either you or someone has to put your book up on these platforms and set you up for distribution. So you can use Amazon for distribution. We use Amazon and Ingram Spark. This is great. This is great because I mean, I just want people to kind of listen. And I know there's even more pieces. So I know you guys are sitting there taking notes. You're like, no, Monique, let her finish. No, if you want it, you can go call Sheree. What I wanted people to really just understand is there are so many layers to this, so many steps, people, team, experts involved if you want to do this right. Because guys, you know, I want to talk about brand next. It's like, come on. Like if people are picking up a book and the minute they see it, they're deciding who you are. They're deciding if you're credible. They're deciding if this book is actually legit. You can't be half-assed in it. You ain't got the the thing don't make sense. You got the numbers all on the wrong damn page. The layout don't look right. And your and your cover looks like trash. Those are my biggest fears, by the way. So I'm like, these are things that I wanted you to just like lay out for people so they really like get it. So talk to me about like, I would let, like, let's now talk about how this having a book, because I know I, cause you and I've had many conversations. I've looked up some of the authors you've launched and things like that. Like how having a book as a business expert, even like how that helps increase your reach, your income, your opportunities. Like what are some of the things? Like what is that? What does that do for I I can feel it in my body, but I want everyone else to know. Yeah. So I always talk about taking it beyond the book, right? So what happens once you have this book? And the most important thing that we get into is understanding that your book has to has has to have, excuse me, a message. Right. Your book has to have a specific message. So once you are key on what that message is, that's where we can start. And I'm no branding expert, but we start in, in you being confident in that messaging because that's who you are. Right. That's what you're all about. You're the person. Now, if you, if your book is all about breaking generational curses, then you're that person. Right. You're now that authority in that space. So now we look at that message and how can we turn that message into other forms of income is great. It's one stream of income, though, because now we can have ebooks. Now we can have audiobooks. Now we can turn it into coaching. And I, we had a, a training session last night and I'm saying to, if, if you break down your manuscript and you've got 10 lessons on how I can get through or break through generational curses, can you coach somebody through that, right? And charge them at minimum an hour for, I mean, $100 for an hour session and they can ask you all the questions about chapter two or chapter three. Now we turn that into coaching. Now we can take one chapter and turn that into your talk, right? It's because it's all the same. It all points back to you being that person who is the most knowledgeable generational curses or, you know, overcoming divorce or whatever that is. So it's huge. And even when it comes to core, like creating courses, if you're, if you are a message beast, if you're, if what you're teaching is, has a central message, message and there are lessons in that, those lessons can become modules in a course. And now you're teaching that. And I would say a thousand dollar course, you sell it a thousand times, that's a million dollars, right? So done. Okay. And there's like 1.2 billion people on Facebook. So I'm going to need you to get this book together and let people know that you are the expert on your topic, that you're passionate about this thing. And now we can turn it into multiple streams of income. One of my writers did a weekend 
speakers retreat and he charged nine ninety seven for this two day uh, intensive. Fifteen people showed up. He made fifteen thousand dollars on the weekend. On the Done. weekend. Done. So one of the one of the challenges, okay, so I love all of that. For anyone who was thinking about why should I be writing a book, now you're thinking, when do I how can I get this book out as soon as possible? But yeah. one of like the challenges I find myself in is traditional publishing versus self-publishing. This is a constant battle in my mind. And I've heard, I've done so much research. I've listened to so many different people. And I would just love your opinion on traditional, going traditional route, going the self-published route and like maybe some of the pros or cons of each or like what have you experienced? You've done both. So I am traditionally published with my fiction manuscripts and that's through Simon & Schuster. But everything that I've done that's nonfiction or even working with our writers is all all goes the self-publishing route. And so what I want people to understand about traditional publishing is because I think that people have this idea because we all watch the same movies, right? So you get a deal with a major publisher and your life is just everything. Great. They're popping models on them yachts, rubbing shoulders, me and Plus, and Richard Brandon and Oprah chilling with Monique in her book. Correct. Yes. Because you wrote this book and now you want private jets and they roll out the red carpet for you. And yep. that is a lie. That's a lie. That's not how this goes. Because the truth is, because self-publishing is so open at this point in time, ma- major publishers are like, listen, you and, and, and social media is so huge. They are looking at you to have your own brand already established. They're looking at you to be able to promote for yourself. There's not a team within the, the major publishers at this point that's taking on like a brand new writer and they're going to be your PR person and they're going to do all of this for you. That's, that's not the case at this point in time. Not if you are a newbie, not if you, you know, don't have this massive following. If you come in with a million plus followers, then you have a different conversation. But for most people who are building their brand and building their business, traditional publishers are like, can we make money off of you? Right. That's that's the first thought. And it's interesting because I think most people also believe that that means when you go with a traditional publisher, that's your marketing is covered. They're going to put you on tour, all of these pieces. And that's not the case. I sat on a panel a few about a year ago with all editors and everyone on the editing panel was from a traditional publisher. I was the only they were all acquisitions editors, which means that they acquire manuscripts for their publishing houses. And I was the only developmental editor on the panel. And we talked about marketing and publicity. And every single person on that panel was like, so this is what we do. When you get signed with us, we're going to give you a checklist. We're going to tell you what you should have on your website. We're going to tell you how you should promote yourself. Not we're going to run this for you. We're going to put ads out there for you. We're going to schedule none of that. That's not the case. So when I think about what the difference is between traditional publishing, it's like, yeah, you have a big name behind you. They're going to take their 40 to 60 percent of royalties and you're still going to be working your butt off to get publicity and promotion out for yourself, as opposed to going the traditional route. I mean, excuse me, we're going the self-publishing route where you do a lot of the work on the legwork or you can hire a company like myself where we do all of the layout, ebook, cover design, all of those pieces for you. And you keep 100% of your royalties and you still have to promote yourself just like you would if you were traditionally published. But now you keep all of your profit and you have a lot more control. There are things within those traditional publishing contracts that prevent some writers from you know, creating, and there's a writer who who signed with a major publisher and she got a movie deal and they, they got a percentage of that movie deal. There's just things to consider in that space. And I just believe if you're going to have to do that work, regardless, if you're going to have to build your brand, if you're going to have to get out here and hustle, hustle for you. 
grind for you so that you keep all of those coins in your pocket, get yourself to a, a high enough space where the major publishers are checking for you. And then you have a, a stronger leg to stand on when it's time to negotiate. And I suggest if you do want a traditionally published contract, then work with an agent. Work with a literary agent who can get you in the door, who can represent you, who can negotiate for you to get you a good deal. But you're going to have to do that branding work and that that building up of your expertise and all of that marketing. You're going to have to do it. So that's par for the course as an author at this point in time. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing that, because that is literally what I hear over and over again. And it really just brings it back to why are we building our brand people? Right. It's like. It's not, sometimes people don't see the immediate return. They don't understand why would, why build my personal brand now if I'm going to write a book sometime in the future? Because you need that runway to build up your audience, your platform, the who you are. So people will buy this damn book. People aren't just <laughs> going to buy the book. Okay. And you, a marketing strategy is not, this is not a marketing strategy. Hey, I wrote a book. Buy my book. Hey, I wrote a book. Buy my book. Hey, I wrote a book. Buy my book. Right. That right. By my book. That's not it. You have to know what you're all about, what you stand for, what people are going to get and expect from you. You have to be able to verbalize it and articulate it well. And I always give this one example. I went to this conference and it was such a small event and people were getting up and introducing themselves. And the one guy got up and he said, Hey, I'm Rob. I wrote a book. I'm trying to connect with people. I need to try and sell like 50 copies of my book while I'm here. And everybody's like, good for you, Rob. Right. Okay, Rob. And then Susan gets up and she's like, hey, I'm Susan. I wrote a book about my daughter beating cancer. I'm here to connect and network. Um, and inside of this book, I've got lots of tools and stuff about what we did as a family to support her along this journey, how she overcame this and some strategies. My goal is to connect with families who are going through this, the same kind of things that my daughter went through. So I'm here today to meet as many people as I can and to help as many people who have gone through the same type of situations that we have with my daughter. And they were like, Susan, yeah, um, excuse me, excuse me, Susan. <laughs> oh my god they're like Susan sold nine her books and Rob went home with all his books with all his books and that's the difference that is, that's why you have to be well branded you have to know what you're all about you have to be prepared to speak on your book and it can't be because I wrote a book and I want you to buy my book who cares who cares if that's not if you don't have something good and which I love you say juicy for me no mm-hmm. yeah but we could, there's a lot of books to buy out there why yours why Bye. you why yours I freaking love that. So Sheree, tell everyone, I know everybody's now like, okay, I know I need team. I know I need a book. How do people work with you? How can people get in touch? How can they work with you? And tell people about the, we've talked, we said, I know who the literary bays are, but now I realize y'all listen and be like, what's a literary bay? I need you to tell people who your literary bays are too. Yes, absolutely. So the literary bays, that's my BAE, my badass editors. And the bays were birthed out of the need for me to clone myself. Really. I was like, I, I was in Dallas, Texas. I was working with, I was working with Dr. Freddie Haynes. And I remember like thinking, oh my gosh, the work that I'm doing with him, I wish that there were, I could do this for every writer who's in my inbox. Every person who's like, hey, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. I wish that I could be that person to ask them the tough questions, to hold them accountable, to push them and, and, and encourage them when they got tough. And there just wasn't enough of me. And I felt like, yeah, there's a template. There's a system for how to write a book. And it's in our, my Write Your Book, Build Your Brand program. We have all of that. But the one of the pieces that make the program work so well is that there are bays in the program who are giving you feedback, who are checking on your outline, who are giving you direction. And so the bays were birthed out of a need 
for every writer to have a person, to have a bay, to be able to ask questions to, to be able to get their project because it's writing is subjective and different writers go through different things. So there wasn't just one specific course, right? This is it. Even in my course, you have to have some feedback because this writer could be dealing with personal stuff. This writer could be doing all business stuff. So that's where the base came from, really from like me mm-hmm. wanting to clone myself so that I could give as many people that kind of intimacy in the writing process. And that's where the base came from. And I mean, I love them. I How love many do you have now? Them. There are 11 bays. I have, we have a senior editor. She's like the chief bay. Well, I, I'm, excuse me, I'm the boss bay, right? But the she, boss bay. Don't get it twisted, everybody. Don't get it twisted. But Chanel is the senior editor and she just keeps things running smoothly. And I wish that people understood how much goes into it, right? Like sometimes she and I on our, on our morning meetings, we, we spend an hour talking about one writer's project. Like, okay, no, she did this. She she shouldn't do this. All right, when he meets with her, make sure that he's covering these points because she needs to make sure that this is what's going on. Or how come this, like, if if people knew how much really went into or was behind this, the behind the scenes work that went into actually creating a quality product, I don't think that she would be trying to go cheap to do it or trying to rush to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Because we are literally in every page, every word, making sure that it makes sense so that it can represent you well when you get out here in these streets. So bays are my babies. I, I love the bays. And and the bays are absolutely phenomenal. And I love when people are like, hey, Sheree. First of all, I love when people work with the bays and they're like, oh my God, I love my bay. If it wasn't for my bay, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Or my bay is on top of me. She's got me covered. I, I'm good. Um, but then there are people who are like, hey, Sheree, you, you, you got any more than bays? Can I get me one of them bays? I need me a bay. I'm like, yes, you do. Everybody needs a bay. Oh, you're you're so great. You're so great with your team. And to build a team of 11, like that's huge. So, you know, congratulations on that. That's a huge achievement. I'm I'm trying to just keep, I'm trying to build my team even just as it is. And I'm just like, every time I'm like, it is hard to find the right people for the right thing. That is another podcast for another time. (laughs) tell, Tell everybody what's super juicy and it could be something you're working on or it could just be something that you're doing so the big the super juicy thing for me right now is i'm launching our vip program so we've got the course my write your book build your brand course which i absolutely love but i wanted to kick it up a notch and so part of the vip program includes business development coaching it includes one-on-one coaching but the the one that's got me the most excited is our writers retreat so we're doing a two-day writers retreat in atlanta and i'm really really excited about that because we get to spend this intimate time together. And writers, we write at night sometimes. So it's like, oh, we get to be working during the day. We get to unwind and then get back to it. What is this? Session. The first time hearing about this. Yeah. So we're locking in the dates for November, trying to make sure we've got all of the specifics worked out. But that that for me is the big juicy one is being able to be alone. That sounds creepy, but be alone. No, but but getting to be getting to be this safe space with writers and answer their questions in real time and myself and the team read their stuff and you know, right there and give them direction and give them feedback and kind of make you do the writing in right there so that you leave with your entire manuscript outlines, you leave knowing exactly what you're gonna do. You could leave with your first five to six chapters written if you, you know, if you work over the two days really hard because there's a system, right? There's a methodology to writing these types mm-hmm. of the chapters. Mm-hmm. So we teach that. And so, yeah, I think that for me is like the the most exciting thing happening right now. It's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have everybody in, in this space together. We're going to have so much fun and we're going to get so much done. Right. That's the big part, too. It's like this is going to be life changing. Oh, a writer's retreat. Okay, guys, we will definitely let you keep keep people updated on when that is open for registration. 
And if people want to connect with you online, where can people find you? Yeah. So on Instagram at Sheree Robin. So that's S-H-A-R-A-I-R-O-B-B-I-N. Same on Facebook, Sheree Robin online. I mean, excuse me, on Instagram and on Facebook. But the website right now is literarybay.com. So that's www.literarybay.com. And you can go there, check out what we do, and you can schedule, um, fill out one of the questionnaires on the site. And that way we can schedule some time to talk to you about what your specific needs are. Because we help fiction writers, nonfiction writers, poets, you name it. And that way we get some time to talk about what it is that you need and what the best fit is for you and the services that we offer. I love that. And we will put all the links in the show notes so you guys can go and connect with Sheree and finally get your book and your greatness and your genius out into the world. Well, I want to thank you so much, Sheree, for being here. I really appreciate you. I appreciate the work you do, the motivation you give me, all of your all the loves, the tough loves, the regular loves, all the things. (laughs) You know, I'm really lucky to have met you. And I'm just, I'm just like so basking in all of your growth and success. And I just, I just wish you all, all of the things for you and your daughters, because I know you're going to have it no matter what. Thank you. I believe and receive that. I thank you so much. This, this friendship, this relationship has been an absolute blessing to my life. I thank you for, for being a confidant. I thank you for giving me a kick in the butt when I'm not doing so. I love your realness. Like, I love that Monique is like, yeah, no, nah, that's not the one. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> that ain't it. Don't do that. Do this. And I'm like, okay, let me do exactly what this is. <laughs> so I love, I love, love, love the the love that you give me as well. I really appreciate it. And thank you for letting me, you know, be a blessing to your audience. I hope that people receive this information and that they get into action and know that you can get the support to get your writing done. You don't have to go at this alone. And there's a team of badass editors who are available to help you. Go get your literary bay, people. Thanks, Sheree. Thank you. If you enjoy this episode, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the juice every single week. And if you thought this episode was super juicy, it would mean the world if you gave it a five-star rating and left a review over on iTunes so I could keep bringing the juice to more people who need it. And if you want to win some juicy swag, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode from wherever you're listening, then post it to your stories, and tag me over on Instagram at Monique Bryan underscore co. That's Brian with a Y and you will automatically be entered to win. Until next time, my lovelies, keep building that brand over a business and raising your juicy CEO status. <laughs>